So we're in a series entitled Focus. And we sometimes in life you've got to change your focus. Because sometimes life gets out of focus. Or we start to focus on the wrong things and we lose focus on that which is most important. Last Sunday we, we looked at focusing on our Heavenly Father. Psalmist David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Somebody's got to hear your praise sometimes. In fact, you need to hear your own praise sometimes. You need to hear yourself praising the Lord in the midst of whatever you're going through. Because as we bless him, you know what the Bible says. He dwells, he inhabits, he sits down in the midst of the praises of his people. He pulls up his throne. He is enthroned upon the praises of his people. And as we praise him, his presence comes. And it changes the atmosphere. I don't know if you've ever changed the atmosphere in your house. Some of you need to change the atmosphere in your house. Some of you need to change the atmosphere in your truck on the way to work. Or your car. Or your SUV. Whatever you drive. Even if it's a golf cart. You need to put the right thing on, get the right praise going, and it changes the atmosphere around you. And you carry that atmosphere with you. And, and David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And, and it's so easy to magnify your problems and your situations. But David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. We heard last week, and I, I've shared this with you before, the closer you get to something, the larger it becomes. And the closer you get to God, the larger he becomes in your eyes. It doesn't change him at all. He is what he is. He is God. I am that I am, he said. I've not changed. I've not gotten any smaller. My power's not gotten diminished at all. I am the same God yesterday. I'll be the same God today. I'll be the same God forever. You can count on him. The problem with us is we let things get in the way. We start to focus on the wrong stuff. We start to not focus on God and get close to him, but we start to focus on our situations. We bring our little problems in, and the closer you get to your problem, what happens? It's all you can see. It's time to focus on your Heavenly Father, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. Hallelujah. And I shared with you last week that as I was praying and saying, God, how, how, do, I, how do I get your people to worship? And he, he said, you don't have to teach anybody how to worship. You just take them to whatever they love with all their heart. And they will automatically worship it. And so it's time for us to fall in love with God all over again. To get so near him that he consumes us with who he is, with how amazing he is, how powerful he is, how loving he is, how grace-filled he is. The writer of Hebrews says you can boldly come into his throne room and there you'll find 
grace and mercy to help in your time of need. And anytime you got a need, anytime you don't have a need, just get near him. You'll find that he's all you need. Amen. Listen, we were designed by God to worship. You, you worship what you love. You spend your money on what you love. You worship what you love. You spend your passion, your energy on what you love. So I'm, I'm asking you, how, how much in love are you with the Lord? What's that look like in your life? Or is he just kind of on the shelf until you need something? I'm guilty at times. I know none of you are. Y'all are right there in his throne room every day, all day long. But if you, if you want to change things in your life, I challenge you, focus on your heavenly father. It's time to fall in love with him. Amen. Today, I want us to focus on our forever future. Tell your neighbor, you have a forever future. It's a forever future. You have a forever future. I want to look at 1 Peter today, chapter 1. Because Peter, this is the same guy that walked with Jesus for three years, three and a half years or so, and... and you know, denied him in his final days. You know, the servant girl comes along and, and she's got, you're one of his friends. He's like, dude, no, I'm not. Seriously, I don't even know him. And, and the rooster crows, right? And, and Jesus, what he told him would happen, happened. And, and Peter goes out and weeps bitterly because he denied the one who loved him so much. And, and what I love is that when the angel appeared after Jesus' resurrection, he said to Mary and the disciples, go tell Peter, I've risen. Tell him I want to see him. Okay? And then Jesus cooks breakfast for the disciples, and Peter finally realizes it's Jesus and jumps out of the boat, comes, and, and he's, he's standing on, on the shore, and, and uh this is that Peter. This is the guy. And so Jesus resurrects, goes back to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit, and, and fills Peter like he's never been filled before. And, and all of us need that Holy Spirit power in our lives to take a step above and to begin to live in the power of God's strength. And so the Holy Spirit fills Peter. He stands up on the day of Pentecost. He preaches and everybody, you know, 3,000 people get saved. And it's, it's one of those moments. And then Peter sticks around, right? And he writes this letter to some of the, the Christians who are being persecuted and tortured and killed. He's not really writing to the ones who have been killed. Because, okay, but he's writing to their relatives, So the circumstances surrounding 1 Peter, it, it, the Christians in this time frame, uh, as Peter's writing this epistle, this, this letter to the churches, it was a crazy difficult time. 
History tells us that Nero was the ruler of Rome. And he, he was an evil man. I mean, just check out history. He, he killed his own mother. Nice guy. Uh, he had his wives murdered. Sounds like someone you want to have lunch with, right? Um, he killed Christians. He persecuted them. In, in a historical record, the Annals of Tacitus, it, it was written about the Christians. Mockery of every sort was added to their deaths. Not only was he killing them, he was mocking them. He covered them with the skins of beasts. They were torn by dogs and perished or were nailed to crosses or were doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight had expired. So he was burning Christians at stakes when it got dark at night because he couldn't see. In fact, one, one historian says that he would cover them in wax and then, then light them on fire. Um, it says Nero offered his gardens for the spectacle and was exhibiting a show in the circus while he mingled with the people in the dress of a charioteer or stood aloft on a car and laughed as Christians were being murdered, tortured, beaten, and, and destroyed. And that's the setting where this scripture is written. And so here's Peter writing to the cousins, the uncles, the, the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters. And he says in 1 Peter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I, I love how he opens his letter because he's, he's stating, I'm not ashamed to be recognized with Jesus. In fact, if they want to come get me, here I am. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to God's elect, exiles. Somebody say exiles. Another translation says foreigners, aliens. The reality is none of us belong here. This world is not our home. And so he's writing to exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with his blood. And I, I want to just pause here for a moment because some people get all, all shook up about the, the uh, choosing or the elect. and say, so, well, if God has people he's already chosen, then... What do I have to do with anything? I want you to notice the wording here. And this is many times in scripture. Those who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. So here's God. Before creation, before time began. He begins time. But he's not just there. He's everywhere. In fact, he's at the end of time. He's beyond the end of time. He's above time. He's above space. He's outside of the parameters of what we understand in the human mind. And so he's already at the end of time. Okay? He's there. We're not yet. We don't know what's going to happen up to that point. But he already has seen it. 
He already knows whether you are going to choose to follow him or not. When, when we get to heaven, God's not going to be like, oh, I didn't know you were coming. I don't have anything for you. I'm sorry. No, when you get there, he knows you're coming because he's already beyond that and in eternity. He is above all. And so according to his foreknowledge, because he's way over here and you're right here, he knows whether you're going to accept him, whether you're going to embrace him and allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He knows that already. And so you're elected. You're chosen by God. Not that you don't have any choice. He just already knows your choice. Does that make sense? Are we on the same page? Okay, so don't get all confused when people say, well, if you're not elected, you can't get in. Yeah, you can. It's your choice. You, you make the deciding vote. Okay. And then he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Peter wants you to know that that God's grace and God's peace is available to you in abundance. Because here's the reality. You spill what, what's filled. What fills you spills, okay? And, and, and Peter says, I, I want the grace of God and the peace of God to fill you up. Because if you're filled with his grace, if you're filled with his peace, it's going to spill out. Because whatever is in you, when you get squeezed. I was cleaning some, some stains off the carpet this morning. In this church, people spill things and don't clean it up. Imagine that. Does that happen at your house too? Okay. We're all on the same page then. If you spill something, there's cleaning stuff out there, okay? Just to let you know, you can get at it right away. <laughs> but as I was wiping, uh, you know, spraying the spot shot, anybody love spot shot? It does the job here. And, and so I'm spraying the spot shot. And, and I've got the wet rag, and I'm wiping it up and noticing how filthy that rag got because it's coffee, it's, it's Coke, it's who knows what it is. It's baby formula. I don't know what it is, but it's nasty, and it's been stepped on a few times, and so there's dirt and grime involved. And as that rag got filled, I couldn't continue to clean with the rag until I rinsed it out. Because what filled it spilled out. And you can transfer junk around. Okay? And so I had to rinse it. And, and he says, I want grace and peace to be yours in abundance. Because it's available to you. Whatever you need from God is available. And his grace, that grace that is unmerited favor, he, he just lavishes it on us even though we don't deserve it. Anybody deserve God's grace? No, we don't. Not one of us. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not one of us deserves his grace. That's why it's grace. Amen. It's undeserved. And it's available. Grace is also that strength of God to give you the ability. He said to, to Paul the apostle, 
I'm not going to take that from you, but I'm going to give you the grace to go through it. My grace is sufficient for you. My, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. So he gives us his grace, and then he fills us with his peace, the peace of God that it's so mind-boggling. When you come to the end of your understanding, it just goes beyond that and catches you. His peace guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. So whatever fills you spills, and, and Peter's saying, I, I want the, the grace and the peace of God to fill you. So in the New Living Translation, 1 Peter chapter 1, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you, somebody say it, holy. holy. As a result, you have obeyed him. As a result of what he's done in your life, you've obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Christ Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And then he goes on, as all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again. Again, we didn't deserve it, but his mercy covers us. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. This heavenly 401k is way amazing, okay? It can't be taken down by anybody. It's way beyond the reach of change and decay. It can't decay because God's guarding it. He's got an inheritance for you that is mind-blowing. You got to focus on your forever future because that's what's coming. Yeah, there's all kinds of mess going on. And, and you got to realize who Peter's writing to and what the circumstances are. Their brothers have been burned at the stake. And they're thinking, what in the world's going on here? God, what are you doing? What kind of mess of a world is this? He's like, forever future. Keep your focus. Keep your focus on, on the inheritance that is yours. It, it's a sure inheritance. It's kept in heaven for you. And he says in verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. When are you going to get the salvation totally? When you die. <laughs> and if that really was the goal, as soon as you got saved, God would kill you and take you out of here. Oh, he's good. Boom. She's got it. Out. That's not it, is it? We're saved to do good works. We're saved to reach other people for the kingdom of God. And so he goes on and says, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Yeah, yeah, but but they put animal skins on my sister and 
and the dogs ate her. They burned my mom at the stake. So be truly glad. And there's this, this struggle that we have dealing with what we're dealing with and having the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Amen. And many times it's because we're not focused. All we see is right now, we've got this slice of time, and I talk about it all the time. It's like looking through the slats of a fence and the parade's going by, and all we can see is this right here. We've got about a one-inch deal. Like, I can't really catch the whole deal because I can't see. And then you get the drone look. The drone goes above and looks down, and you're like, whoa, that's an incredible parade. But all I can see is this, and I think this is all there is. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. There, there's wonderful joy ahead, even though, somebody say even though. Even though. <laughs> there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must. Somebody say must. What? I don't like that one. Okay, let's cut that one out. <laughs> Toss it. That's how we feel. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Because see, when you take this hundred years on earth, it's still only a slice of time. And when you take a step back and you see your forever future, this is just a little while. It's not really that big a deal. It's, it's 15, 20, 100 years. And I'm talking millions and billions and trillions and never-ending years of eternal joy that's coming. And, and somehow we switch our focus from that which is coming to <laughs> right now. And I know I'm not heartless. I'm not merciless. I know right now really stinks for some of you. I mean, right now really, really is hard to swallow for many of us. And yet right now isn't all there is. For some of you, right now is great. You're like, I love it right now. I remind you, you are either going into a trial or in a trial or heading out, right? There will be a moment when right now won't be the best in your life. And that's simply life. And if you're facing difficulties in life, you're in good company. Even Jesus did. Amen. But it was just for a little while. It was temporary just a slice. He goes on in verse 7 and he says, these trials, here it is. <laughs> oh man, we should cut some of this out, right? <laughs> these trials will show that your faith is genuine. And remember who he's writing to and what their circumstances were. 
these trials, and I'll just go ahead and say it, none of us are in that kind of stuff right now. Nobody's burning you at the stake. Now, some brothers and sisters across the world are facing stuff like this. But you're not. And, and this stuff is temporary, even what you're going through now. And it's proving that your faith is genuine. It's a test. How many are old enough to remember the test on TV? This is a test. This is just a test of the national broadcasting system. It's like, what in the world? Do you know where your children are? It's 11 o'clock at night. Anybody remember that? That would be a good thing to do again. It's dark outside. Where are your kids at? Go check on them. Okay. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's the forever future. That's the stuff you got to focus on. And then he says, you love him, Speaking of Jesus, even though you've never seen him. And none of the, some of them had never seen Jesus. But they loved him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. See, that... That's stuff you're hanging on to. That's stuff you're looking forward to. That's that's the forever future God has for you. Salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this grace of salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's sufferings and his great glory afterward. Christ what? Suffering? Oh, I thought we weren't supposed to suffer. Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So, knowing all that, verse 11, so, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you. When Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Focus. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. You know better now. 
Come on, you know better now. Now's not the time to jump back into your old junk. Now's the time to know better and to live better because he's rescued you. He brought you out of that junk. Verse 15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I'm holy. And God would never ask us to do anything or be anything that we couldn't be. Isn't that interesting? So how do, how do you do that? Because we all make mistakes, right? We're all messing up at times, right? Richard Dresselhaus says, covering your tracks. It's reassuring there's a provision for that. Life is filled with missteps, failures, and plenty of shortcomings. They leave tracks and lots of them. So how is it possible that all of those tracks can be covered over? He says, the psalmist explains, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and love do not precede, they follow. And in that way, they cover all of the sins and failures of the past. Otherwise, who could stand in the presence of a holy God? The transgressions of the past would call for condemnation and judgment. Instead, all the tracks are covered by God's amazing mercy and his matchless goodness. What an awesome God. We sang it this morning. Calvary covers it all. My sin and shame don't count anymore. All praise to the one who has ransomed my soul. Calvary covers it all. Calvary, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He covers us when we ask for his forgiveness. But that doesn't give us a license to live however we want. Hey, Dad, Dad, you got a minute? Yeah. Okay, listen, it's about that movie, okay? Some we've already talked about the movie. I know we already talked about the movie, okay? But just hear me out, okay? Some of my friends are going to see the movie, okay? And so what I'm saying is, I know the message of the movie does not coincide with the message of the Bible, okay? I'm aware of that. But it's just a little message, okay? It's just a little bit, so I don't think it matters, okay? And there, I know, there is some gore in the movie, okay? But listen, it's just a little gore, just a little, okay? And I know it's not real. Okay? And there's some cussing, or as you would say, language in the movie, okay? And I know that, but it's just a little language, okay? And I know it's not real, okay? And there's some nudity, okay? Don't let me hear me! Let me finish, okay? It's just a little nudity. It's just a little. And I know it's not real. Son. No, Dad, please, please, can I please go see the movie, please? Okay. I knew it! You don't ever let me do anything. I don't even know why I asked you. Son, what? Son, I said, you can go see the movie. <laughs> You're the best yet ever. Thanks. Okay, well, I knew we were going to have this conversation, so I decided that I would make you my famous brownies. <laughs> These have been in the family for generations, for decades. Thanks. I'm going to take it with me and sneak it in the theater. Oh, no, 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 no. Son, I want you to go ahead and eat the brownie now. Okay? Huh? Yeah, I want you to go ahead and eat it now. Okay. 
Same great ingredients that I've always put in the brownie, son. Since you were a little kid, eggs, the cocoa, the butter, the flour, the vanilla. But I added something this time. Just a little bit of something, but you, I added something. You shouldn't mess with perfection. Well, that's kind of my point, son. Mm. Yeah. Was it paprika? No. Was it allspice? No. Was it allspice? No. What was it? Dog poop. Dog poop. It is dog poop. Mm. From the big dog with the little dog. Little dog. That's a load off. Ted, why don't you? Son, it's just a little bit. It shouldn't affect the whole batch. It's just a little bit. Again. What? No. What? The next time you don't want me to go see a movie, just say, son, don't go see the movie. Don't feed me poop brownies. I don't even want to see the movie now. I just want to go get something to drink. That better be lemonade in the refrigerator. Just a little. And as Peter says to the struggling, persecuted Christians, you know better. It's just a little. Alicia Britt-Sholey says the only thing you have to do to let weeds thrive in your life is nothing. And doing nothing is a choice. Amen. And so many times we choose instead of following wholeheartedly, allowing the holiness of God to make us holy, we keep going back to the same old stuff. And it really messes up the taste of our lives. Tell your neighbor, you don't want poop brownies. <laughs> Peter goes on and remember, the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. You're all his favorites. Amen. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. No comparison here. What are you doing with what you know? Don't look at him and say, I'm a whole lot better than him. Are you kidding me? I'm way better than her. Okay, I'm not quite as good as him, but, uh, you know, God kind of grades on the curve, right? Yeah, he has no favorites. He'll judge according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him. During your time here as temporary residents, temporary residents, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. 
And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he's been revealed for your sake. And through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. You've been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Come on, somebody say forever. forever. It's time to focus on our forever future. Because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. That's why I challenge young couples to marry not for looks because that goes away real quick. It's true. I mean, seriously, if, if you were going for this, you missed it, okay? Flower fades. Beauty wastes away. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Focus. Don't get sidetracked by that now junk. Focus on your forever future. Romans chapter 8, Paul writes to the Romans and he says this, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. You're not just an employee so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. God said, I choose you. I choose you. I'm adopting you into my family. I'm choosing you. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we're the children, we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I get whatever Christ gets. I'm a co-heir with Christ. If he gets all of that in the forever future, I'm in. Because I'm a part of him. I'm a part of the family. Hallelujah. He has grafted me and given me the ability to be a son or a daughter of God. Hallelujah. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. There's some stuff you're going through, but... It, and he noted, notice in verse 18, the next verse, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Amen. There, there's something coming, folks. And, and if I could get you to take your eyes off of this and open your eyes to what he has for you in the days to come, in your forever future, and it would change everything. You change your focus, you change your future. It's time to focus, focus on our Heavenly Father, time to focus on our forever future. It's time to fix our eyes, to look beyond 
the now junk and, and realize something amazing is coming in the near future. Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He had to go through some stuff to get to the joy. There's some stuff you're going to go through, but there's a joy ahead. There's a forever future that God has for you. And I'm going to say today, we need to, just like the writer of Hebrews says, fix our eyes. Fix our eyes on him. Because there's a, a day coming. We're temporary residents here. We're foreigners. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're God's chosen people. This world is not our home. You have a forever future that goes way beyond this mere hundred years on earth. Stand with me, please. Maybe you're here this morning and you've not yet allowed God to adopt you as his son or daughter. You've not allowed him to bring you into the family. And so you don't have this inheritance yet. You don't have this, this amazing future yet. That can all change today. It can all change by just allowing Jesus Christ to come and save you. To bring you in to the family. To welcome you. And as he welcomes you, he cleanses you from all sin. He gives you a brand new start. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And you've got a forever future. That's what God has for you. Bow your heads with me, please. Close your eyes. Give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak to every heart and life in this place. As we've been praying all morning, Lord, arrest hearts, change someone's life, bring deliverance and healing, set captives free, bring recovery of sight to blinded eyes. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you I thank you for this wonderful salvation. I thank you for the inheritance that you have for each of us as we allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord.